What's up, what's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast, and I'm your host, Hassan Thomas, along with Remy, and we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight, this podcast is for you. I'm trying to give me a bag. 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 What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. And today we are speaking with certified international speaker, best-selling author, and 14-year-old investor and coach, and last but not least, the CEO of Truth Speaks. Mr. Christian The Truth Jones, man. They better put some respect on your name when you come on here, Big Truth. How you doing, boss? Talk to us. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Man, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm just happy to have you on here, man. I know you're going to give a lot of value and turn up a lot of people, man. Yes, sir. That's what I'm here yes, to do. Sir. Yes, sir. So, man, I want to start off by just saying and, and, and appreciating you for who you are and what you're doing, man, because I love, you know, what the good brothers at Earn Your Leisure said. You know, you are literally on the same level as a 14-year-old LeBron James, bro, <laughs> and you need to be celebrated. You need to be praised, and, and I'm just going to give you your flowers while you're here, man. I'm going to continue to do so throughout this interview. So just congratulations, man, on everything you're doing. Most deaf, most deaf. So, man, just tell us a little bit about yourself you know lace us up on how you began trading and everything man sure so i actually began trading what's up what's up oh y'all haven't heard fy fly just released their new website check out the link in the show notes and help us test out our site please check our free features educational resources and our blog that we update daily we look forward to hearing from y'all now let's dive in when I was, well, I initially started off with trading when I was 10. I got started with investing, which of course is different when I was nine years old. And so how I got into the trading was really, well, from the investing, of course, and learning and hearing about trading, because that's where I saw that the real money was made. Because we uh, had a couple of friends at our circle that were already traders, so already doing the thing in the stock market. And so I'm hearing all the money they were, and it was so easy and so quick. And I already knew a little bit about the stock market that made me want to get into it a lot more. And I was very dedicated to the process and so while i was learning um and taking the course me and my mom were taking the course initially she just wanted to start me off with investment but i really wanted to get into trading because i really wanted to just make that type of money on a consistent yeah. basis without having to do any type of physical work which is of course what i had been doing up to that point when i was selling my books person person for the most part so mm. i began since the course was online a couple of times i went back to the course when my mom wasn't with me, where I would just um, go back and listen to the audios. Even if I didn't understand what they were saying, I could go back and listen to the audios. And then sometimes it would be like late at night, me and my mom would just be standing up and she and we would be watching the course mm. and listening to it. And so we would just, I would go back and pause it and be like, okay, so this is what they mean. And this is where they're getting at, right? Making sure I'm understanding everything, using different examples, making using different analogies. Like for me, when we was, I was learning, we did a lot of football analogies because, of course, I played football. So the more, uh-huh. it made more sense to me. So I would say with investing, it's not necessarily that it's hard or not investing, but trading is not necessarily hard to learn. It just depends on how you teach it that makes it hard to learn. If you're using a whole bunch of technical jargon and mm-hmm. using a whole bunch of just technicalities, most people aren't going to understand it. I didn't understand it. I, there's, and there's oh. so many different terms that can mean so many different things or the same thing, like synonyms. Yeah. It it just gets really confusing. So it just depends on how you teach it to the person. So if you use an analogy that they can understand, whether that's sports, whether that's school, like when I teach most of my peers, I'll use school as an analogy in order to explain 
on mm. certain things. So there, oh, so this means this. So I'm a, uh, an example of that. Let's say you have the earnings date. So the earnings date, it happens every quarter. There's four quarters in a year, right? So mm. every three months. So with the earnings date, I just explain it like this. It's basically your report card or the company's report card. Fact. This is what happens. Or this is what happened during this quarter. This happened in the first quarter. This is how the company performs. They, mm. Did they hit earnings? Did they uh, miss earnings? And so, boom, did they either get, basically, did they get an, a grade A, get a B, C, or et cetera. Mm. So it's just really using those type of analogies that have helped me learn, explain, and just utilize training. Okay, okay. So, man, while I was doing my research on you, just like you said with the analogies, man, just like football, man, you got to, you know, study your opponent, watch film. So, like I said, I saw that you experienced some bullying in your life. So, you know, just like many other people. So, can you talk to us about that? And then how you turned a negative into a positive because you that did inspire some of the things in your first book, correct? Yes. Yo, this your boy CEO Sonny, a.k.a. The Kid That Did. And before we really jump into our show, I just wanted to let y'all know I've officially dropped my clothing line HRTs. And we're starting off with our four flagship designs. We have CEO, creating everyday opportunities. For my FY Fly ladies out there, we have WWW, Women With Wealth. For my FY Fly fellas, because y'all know we can't leave y'all out, we also have our investment shirts. And last but not least, we have our run-up-a-check shirts. Thank y'all for tapping in with us. The link will be in the show notes. Hope y'all enjoy the show. Let's go. Okay. Uh, so initially, I don't remember, to be honest, I don't remember like much of the actual situation. I just remember it was going on because I was like seven years old at the time. This is my first year playing tackle football. We yeah. were in Florida. If you know anything about Florida, shoot, uh, football is everything there. Oh, yeah. I'm from Texas. So you already know how Texas. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember much about the original, like the situation with the bullying specifically. But I do remember I was in about second grade at the time, seven turning on, going on eight, if I remember correctly. I was about um, in second grade. I remember, I think it was a Thursday too. I, I remember this because vividly. So uh-huh. I was in class. I think it was like the middle of the afternoon. Everybody was working, but I finished my work and did my paper early. I think it was a language arts assignment. And so when I finished doing that, I decided to just get some loose fleece paper. And I don't know why I did this, no idea why. Mm-hmm. And then I just began to write. Now, I'm a person I like to write, but while I was specifically wrote this, like most of the time I'm writing like mini stories or little comics and stuff like that. I can't draw, yeah. but I can write. I just really began writing down my own story and everything that was going on with me, everything I was thinking, and basically journaling right there in class. I also wrote another story. But So then when I got home that day, uh, I told my mom, went up to her and told her I, I wrote a book. And so she asked me when I was about seven, eight years old, I think I had just turned eight recently, if I wanted to get it published. Mm-hmm. No idea what that meant. <laughs> by by seeing that that word on other books that I've read at the time. So I thought mm-hmm. it has something to do with books still didn't really and then I thought I could possibly make money. That's about it. Yeah. So I went ahead, um, went along and said yes. And so we went through the whole publishing process and we actually did self publishing because of course you can go through like a publishing company where mm-hmm. you, um, it's basically like a rapper where you can sell your rights to that um, company mm-hmm. and they'll give you like a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollars, but that's it. You get one check and you sell over all the rights to that book, which I'm uh-huh. happy we didn't do that. So Thanks. we went with self-publishing where we pretty much did, of course, everything ourselves. So we had to find a company that would actually like publish a book or print the book. And we yeah. had to find illustrators, etc. But I'll shout out to Miss Lakeisha Dixon because she helped really get through that process because we didn't know anything about publishing a book or anything like that, mm. of course. And so she really just helped us with that process. 
And it took us about three to four months. I think I had to book out by April or May, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, uh-huh. So around the springtime, springtime, summertime. So uh, then I had the book, finally had the book out. And so we began, well, I began selling it person to person. I didn't actually start off door to door because what would we do whenever I had a football game? And because um, mm-hmm. they have spring season, so we're still having games in Florida. So whenever I have a football game or I had a football tournament, I would just go. Um, after my I play, I would just go um, to the car, get a whole bunch of box of books, and we just walk around yeah. carrying those around. So, um, so walking up to people, hi, my name is Christian the Truth Jones. My book, my book is the one within. Would you like to purchase it or something spelled like that? And so yeah. that we either got a yes or we got a no. If we got a no, cool, we move on. There's shoot hundreds of people here. Mm. Um, if we got a yes, perfect. And um, it was really just that experience that helped me um, really help help me with my. Um, selling and pitching to other people my ideas and getting over rejection and the word no. Like if somebody says no, it's not, it's not a big deal unless you make it a big deal. That's facts. That's facts, bro. And I love seeing young folks like you and myself, you know, chase our dreams and chase that 100%. bag, man. You know, even though I got a full decade on you, man, it's still amazing <laughs> to see young folks getting to it, man. So what advice do you have for someone who may feel that they're too young or even feel like they're too old to, you know, chase their dreams? No such thing. No mm. such thing. Success does not care about your age. Let's say that again. Success does not care about your age. Use yes, one sir. example. Many people thought he was too old at the time. Jay Z, he's twenty six year old, twenty six years old, trying to be a rapper. Mm. He almost thirty years old. Look at him now. About shoot, twenty five years later, he is a billionaire. Not a multi millionaire, a billionaire. So there is no age. Does not matter when it comes to success and achievement. You talk about what you want to do and really implementing that plan. And I would say following GPA. So mm. basically, the GPA is something I came up with while I was in London. So mm. it's not a great point, average. Nah, we ain't doing that. So it's, I was, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for it because I'm like, GPA? <laughs> Go ahead and hit us with it, man. So we got G, having a, basically GPA, having a goal, plan, taking action. So first, you have to have your G. That's tough. Um, I'm gonna use Jay Z in this example. So his goal is to become a multi-millionaire, successful rapper. Let's just keep it yeah. generic. A successful rapper. So that's his goal. He has no control over who buys his album, who buys his singles. He has no control over any of that. All he can do is really produce music and promote. That's about it. That's all mm-hmm. he has really control over. So now you want to make sure you're separating a goal um, and a project. What's the difference between the two? A goal you have no control over. A project you have 100% control over. So in this case, Jay-Z's nice. goal was being a successful rapper. His projects were um, producing the music, were um, writing the rhymes, were finding the actual producers to produce the beats uh, for his music. Finding the covers for his albums, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and really promoting his music, getting it out there. I don't know. I guess getting on the radio because I know this is a different era, and I, of course, wasn't alive right. then. But <laughs> getting on the radio or whatever he had to do in order to promote his music and get it out there. So the things he had control over, he began really um, taking action on. And so, of course, um, with those projects, they're like the stepping stones in order to achieve your goal. So that goes into your plan, of course, which is, mm. of course, the P and GPA. And so when you're making your plan, one thing I've noticed with a lot of people that wanted to become entrepreneurs or like started their business, but they really haven't become successful with it is they get so hung up on the plan and what they want to do Mm. that they never actually do it. Like they waste so much time on trying to get all the Analysis paralysis. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I like that. I, I'm, I don't think I've heard of that. So they get um, so stuck up on the plan that they don't ever take action and they just, they have this master plan, never took action and just wasted a whole bunch of time writing it and never achieved their dream. And so, of mm-hmm. course, last but not least, the number one thing you have to do, even if you don't have your plan all the way together, even if you don't even have a necessary, I want to say there's a definite goal, like a very detail-oriented goal, yeah. um, got to take action. Have to. Number one key to being successful, taking action. You cannot be successful if you don't take action. Okay. If you think you can, you're lying to yourself, unless you hit the lottery. But that's, yeah, that's different. Uh, <laughs> even that, you got to <laughs> take action and buy the ticket. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, I agree 100%, bro, because education without implementation is worthless. You know what 100%. I mean? So, man, let's hop right into this trading and investing, bro. So give us the difference between trading and investing, because a lot of people don't know that there's a difference. And, you know, the way that I kind of see it is trading is like for short term profitability and then investing is for like long term wealth building. But go ahead and lace us up on that, bro. So you're right and wrong, technically. Okay, (laughs) give me right. Give me right, G. So investing is for the majority of the time, like I would say 95% is for long-term wealth building. While trading, it is short-term and long-term. Mm. Now, there's a, a limit on the long-term because the okay. thing is when you're dealing with trading, you're dealing with these things called options. Those are the things you're actually trading. And so when you're trading, that's quite literally what you're doing. You're buying and selling options from other traders in the stock market. So you're buying and selling options between mm. other people. Like a like a marketplace, okay. On um, different companies, of course. Um, and so, with trading, you have four different main trading styles. I use all four, but it's um, a specific two that I like to use the most. So, number mm-hmm. one, you have scalping. Scalping is one of the short-term trading styles. It's one of my favorite to use, and especially when I'm trying to figure out a pattern on a company and get uh-huh. a read on how it moves. I'll use scalping or get a feel for the company and see how it moves. I'll use scalping and looking at the charts and doing this is what's called or considered technical analysis which is mostly just based off the charts and how those read and using a whole bunch of different indicators. That's what most people think of. Well, when it comes to technical analysis, that's basically what it is mm. in simple terms. So with scalping, you, have you ever seen a candlestick, um, candlestick chart? Yeah. So basically you will trade off of that. You have maybe, I personally have like one or two indicators. If I put one on there, I don't care for them that much. It's mm. my own personal trading style. But then you just go off that candlestick chart. If it's, and you can think it's with trading, you can make money whether the stock goes up or down. So you're not just making money one way. So let's say I'm trading Microsoft. I'm scalping Microsoft, right? Mm. Microsoft starts out for the day at $200. So I'm looking at it. I'm just going back and forth. It goes from $200 to $205. So let's mm. say before it hits $205, I went ahead and scalped it and got in and traded real quick and got in let's say 202, 203, and went up to 205, I'm normally buying what's called a whole bunch of contracts, one contract is equal to 100 shares of stock. So basically, let's get a whole bunch of contracts because the thing is, the shorter the expiration, and options do come with expiration dates. And So for everybody listening right now, we're talking about options trading. Just want to make that clear for y'all. Go ahead, though. Yeah, all this ties into options trading. It's typically a lot cheaper than some of the other longer-term trading styles because Mm -hmm. of the expiration date. And so the closer the expiration date, the cheaper it is. So you can buy up a whole bunch of contracts and just dump. It's not even a lot of money. You just buy up a whole bunch of contracts. It goes from, let's say, 202 to 205, possibly could go to 207. Let's say it hypothetically hits 210. That's actually really great. You can get an amazing Mm -hmm. return off that. So you just buy a whole bunch of contracts depending on how fast the company moves. Now, 
realistically, Microsoft doesn't move that fast. Uh, majority of the time, unless they've had big news, but let's say it's like a Tesla mm-hmm. before 2021. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. So you go ahead, that went ahead and hit 210, boom, you go ahead, get out. Now they're consolidating, which is basically they're going side to side. You're watching them, you're watching them, watching them. So they now at, let's say they fell back a little bit, they had tools, uh, Microsoft's back at 207. Boom, they begin to fall back. The indicators there, they're about to fall, and they have a pretty bad fallback because they a whole bunch of people just sold. Pay attention to the volume on uh, under the charts. So it's mm. tip. So okay. a whole bunch of people just sold. So now you know they pretty much about to fall back. They typically fall back three to four dollars whenever they have a big sell-off like this. Mm. So you go ahead and place what's called a put option on Microsoft and you make money while they go down. And so they went from let's say two oh seven, put a whole bunch of contracts again. Mm. And then they go from 207 to back to 202. So that's a $5 movement. That's pretty significant with a lot of contracts, even if it is scalping. And depending on the company, of course, there's other factors. But in general, that's a, that's a nice movement. So boom, you know, made you could possibly made off of this these two trades in a couple of minutes, depending mm. on, of course, how fast the company moves. Just a disclaimer. But in general, in a couple of minutes, you could have made easily five to $10,000 without doing much. And okay. it's also a great tool for building up your um, not that strategy, but your accounts. If you don't, if you're not starting off with a whole bunch of money, let's say mm-hmm. you're starting off with five hundred dollars. That's not a lot of money. But um, with scalping, if you really begin mastering that, and that's why I preach to my students the paper trade first, so they can begin mastering that and slowly uh-huh. build up their account. You can easily turn that five hundred dollar to a thousand, fifteen hundred by the end mm-hmm. of the week. Because the thing is, with scalping, it's more so about being consistent. And consistently winning against those small trades, every every profit is important. Every okay. profit is important. It doesn't matter how small. It doesn't matter if it's a couple cents or it's a couple hundred dollars. Every profit is very important. Just the thing is with trading and investing in general is you always get your initial investment back. So I'm going to give you another example. Let's say I go go ahead and put $1,000. It's going to cost me $1,000 to make this trade on Microsoft, right? Okay. And so, boom, it's going to cost me $1,000. So now uh, it's trading, it's trading, it's trading. Boom, they shoot, um, they shoot up. I did a call option. So now I'm making money off uh, Microsoft. And let's say I'm currently up $2,100, right? Mm. So I go ahead. I've hit my target profit, which is also another thing you want to have. So I've hit my target profit. I want to what I'm going to make from this trade. So I go ahead and cash out which is basically just getting out or selling the trade to another so person is that target profit is that is that a strike price or is that something different that's now nah, 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 that's something different that's something you just make up for yourself okay okay yeah so i go ahead and cash out or sell my trade to another person so boom in total my total profit is going to be thirty one hundred dollars because i got my thousand dollars back and i got the two two thousand hundred well twenty one hundred that i made from the trade so in total i get three thousand dollars profit so let's say after I, while I was in the trade, my account was at $500 as far as net account value. After the trade, now it's at 36 So, okay. yeah, it, it's pretty okay. um, Yeah, it's a very effective strategy if you know how to Most do it. Now, it can all, can be very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing and you're just making mm-hmm. a whole bunch of um, stupid trades. Okay, okay. So, for anybody listening, you know, the setting a call would be betting that the price is going to go up. Yes. And then setting a put would be betting that the price is going to go down. So, can you explain what the strike price actually is for us? Sure. So, in simple terms, the strike price is like a marker. So, let's say I'm looking, and this would be better with a visual example, at least for me. So, let's say I'm going to just give it, try and get one. I'm going to do Microsoft again. It's at $200, right? Yeah. 
So it's at $200, the thing is, and I want to do a put option. I know Microsoft's about to go down. So what I'm going to do with the put option is I'm going to go ahead and get my strike price higher because I want it to go down. The farther it goes away from my strike price and the lower it goes, the more money I make, right? Mm. So I go ahead and put my strike price at, let's say, $210. Microsoft is at stock price, two completely different things. Don't get them confused. Mm. Microsoft stock price is at $200. It goes from $200 to Let's say $195. I got my strike price at $210. As long as Microsoft, for the most part, now this is not absolute, nothing's absolute. As, mm -hmm. as long as Microsoft does not go above my strike price because I want them to go down or at least get close mm -hmm. to my strike price, then I'll be making money off them. So as I continue to go down, 195, 190, 185, etc., I'll be making quite a bit of profit off them. So that's in basic terms um, with a strike price. It's like your marker of where you're getting in at and as long as and this goes on only for puts as long as it doesn't get anywhere close to it or uh -huh. does not pass it then you'll be making money majority of the time now of course it does go a little deeper but i can't get too deep into that because this just yeah, something let's, let's definitely keep it keep it keep it simple for the for the fly folks listening man but it actually just clicked the way that you explained it so could you explain uh the difference if it would have been a call Sure. Um, with so, with a, price. so with a call option, we kind of just wanted to do the opposite. So I'm going to do Microsoft again. It's at $200. So with a call option, I actually want to get lower of a strike price from what the stock price is. So mm -hmm. with the call option, let's say I want to get in at $190, right? Yeah. So I go ahead and get in $190. And now Microsoft, they don't, I know they're about to go up and they are going up. They're so they went from $190 to, let's say, now, not my strike price. That's my bad. I mixed that up. From two hundred dollars to two hundred five, two ten, etc. As long mm -hmm. as they continue going up and don't get anywhere near my strike price uh, and don't uh -huh. fall back on me, I'll be making money. <laughs> okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, how difficult would you say trading stocks is? Like, like how long did it take you to become proficient in trading? Shoot, it really just varies person to person. I believe in anything you do. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Of course, you don't mm. want to burn yourself out now. That's just ridiculous. But the yeah. more you do it, um, the better you get at it. So it really just depends on how dedicated you are to learning the process and how quickly you pick up the information if you are taking a course. But mm. I would say when starting off um, with your paper trading, I think you can become pretty sufficient and at least start making a couple of profits in, I would say, the first uh, one to two weeks okay of learning trading now investing you want to already kind of have that down now you can learn them at the same time but you want to currently have investing down but then mm -hmm. when you get into the trading especially if you're doing scalping day trading very short term i think in about one or two weeks you should be able to pick it up if you're being very consistent like i said it all depends on your repetition or how much you're doing but if you're pretty consistent with it you can get it down pretty quickly okay okay so for our people listening in tuning in right now you know that want to get started trading but don't really know how what would be the first type of advice that you would tell them so number one i would say go sign up for my course the truth yes, go sign up for my course if you want to i'm telling you i'll show you and take any beginner and turn you into a master trader my uh, students make consistent profits i'll show you all the four main trading styles especially in my black wealth matters course yeah and in my true successors course. Also, for those of you that just want to get into the stock market but don't want to trade, I have a stock one-on-one -on -one course that will help you with the fundamentals and help you find your top 20 companies for investing and building your portfolio in order to maximize profit. So go to the truthjones.com if you want to learn. But besides that, I will start off, um, if you, 
you don't have if you don't want to take my course, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I would say start off um, open up a brokerage account, or if you have or minors, or if you're a minor listening, go to your parents. Don't don't do this by yourself. I mean, you most likely can't, but don't don't do it. Don't try it. I know some of y'all are smart, but so if you're a minor or if you're an adult, go ahead open up. If you're an adult, go ahead and open up an individual brokerage account. You can either use Charles Schwab, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade. Those are the, some of the platforms I'm on, so I know they're credible. So you can either use one of those. Platforms. Go ahead, open up your a brokerage account, and then fund your account, of course. And then, again, begin learning. Don't be out here in the stock streets without knowing what you're doing. That's how you get caught up, or that's how you yep. end up on Robinhood. And Robinhood's going to take you money. <laughs> man, t- tell us a little bit about Robinhood, man, because you know a lot of our, our young, you know, millennials and Generation Z and different things. We think Robinhood is the is the way to go. So, That's what's awesome. your what's your feels mm. on Ro- what's your feels on Robinhood, man? Horrible. <laughs> they are horrible. Why is that? Too many scandals and everything. Not only just the stock market, most has been, of course, because they're a brokerage account, but also now with crypto. So, uh-huh. so there's just a horrible platform and then the customer service i've never actually been on there from but other traders that i know personally that have been on there that's had horrible customer service take them mm. forever to get back with you the chat doesn't work it's just a, it's a bad platform and then mm. like i said that when it comes to the scandals i know i think it's been like twice maybe three times now but then i had a young millennial or 20 year old when they was on a margin account which is basically a, like a credit line where Robinhood mm. or any brokerage, any brokers, every brokerage platform has this for the most part, but they will give you money to trade. But of course, you have to pay them back, and there's yeah. only a limited amount of money. They won't just give you like a million dollars and you just trading recklessly, not knowing what you're doing. No, you got to be have like proof of consistency and profitability, of course. Which is like mm. I guess with a credit card, you got to have proof that you can pay me my money back. Facts. But the thing is, with Robinhood, they didn't have this happen like twice now, where these people are getting. Pretty much like unlimited amounts of money. Like I think one twenty year old, he ended up committing suicide because he had like a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar debt from Robinhood and trading on oh, margins. I have not heard of that, bro. It was some, it was some ridiculous amount of debt. I, I know it was over a hundred thousand. Yeah, you have to check that story out. This is like I think twenty late twenty nineteen, if I remember correctly. And then you had another yeah. another dude. I think he was young. He might have been your age at the time. He had lost like I think maybe fifty thousand. Could have even been more. Fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Um, off train Robinhood, so they yeah they just had too much going on, and there was a lot more stories I can't even remember right now. But yeah, not a, I would say get off Robinhood, get get off of there if you can, and man, go I be, to I a be more trying to tell reliable. my friends, man. <laughs> I be trying to tell them, but man, so you know a lot of people they try to like time the markets and different mm. things like that, but without the proper education, you know they'll really be you know selling prices when they're low and and mm. when in fact we should be buying the stocks when they are in the red and buying them when they are discounted you know what i mean 100%. so so talk to us you know how do you stay in the stay ahead of the trends and the market trends and things like that it's not i want to say it's not necessarily staying ahead of them uh-huh. it's just knowing what they're most likely to do so i like proper profitability and i like to know history I'm a very nice. historical person, even when you, and this just comes in general history. I've always loved history. And so I always go back and look at the history depending on the current situation at the time. So right now mm. I don't, I'm looking at the summer history because we're about to head into the summer. Yeah. For the companies that I'm looking at, like one, again, one of them is Six Flags. So I'm looking at how these companies perform during the summer and I want to know the history on how 90% of the time they perform, like even everything that's been happening this month, last month, 2021, mm. even late 2020, all of that is, if you went back and looked at the history, 90, I would say about 95, if not 99% of what's happened has happened before. 
for the most part. I look at the overall market for every month. Historically, December is a very bullish month, meaning they're very green. November, um, mm. it was about September through November, during a, especially during an election year, is typically very red, as we saw. And they typically get better at the end of every month. That's just how the pattern went. It was typically the worst time in 2020. Well, of course, not with 2020 because March, but the whole COVID. But in general, that would have been the worst. Uh, the worst time would have been early November historically, because mm. that's typically. I think that's the time the president actually gets like announced to one. If I'm something like that. But yeah, yeah, that's typically the worst time in the year, or one of the worst times in the year. So it's just looking back at the historical data. Um, looking back at the patterns when it comes to short term again, looking at the patterns and the technical analysis and just finding those things and finding those historical consistencies that have helped me really um, profit a lot, really make profits in my trading. Mm. So I love like how you use, you know, just the the events that are going on in our world to actually, you know, trade. And I feel like it's like I don't want to say common sense, but it kind of is, you know, you know, you figure it out that Six Flags is a is a summer, you know, that really pops during the summer. Mm. So I love how you I love how you do that, bro. That's very smart. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So can you break down like the three different types of trading, like the day trading, the options and swing trading? And if I miss one, you know, lace us up on that one, too. Sure. So with the day trading, um, these are all double options. So with day trading, it's a little different from scalping. They're all a little different between the two. There's only small differences. Mm-hmm. So with day trading, the difference between that and scalping is scalping, you're typically in there for a couple of minutes. You may, might be in there at most. This is very rare but for me personally, at most about 10 minutes. Oh, in wow. one trade at least mm-hmm. and even with that 10 minutes i'm kind of looking at other trades and yeah i'm doing different things but scalping only in there for a couple minutes with day trading it's also another thing i mainly do i've been more so working on my scalping because i need to fine-tune mine a bit more um, to where i want to be so mm-hmm. with day trading the difference is with well you buy, let's say I'm, I'm gonna do microsoft again at 200 dollars is an open market opens at 9 30 a.m eastern standard right of course, mm-hmm. it's the New York Stock Exchange. And so market opens. Um, then you can't actually trade for most traders unless you have like, I think, no, this, that's pre-market. That's a little different. But you normally can't trade until like the first three minutes after the market has opened. Now, sometimes you can get away with it, but in general, that's the well general consensus and rule. So uh, let's say I go ahead and make my trade at 9.35 on Microsoft. They had $200. They opened at $200. They haven't really moved much in that five minutes of time. Why? I don't know, but I personally don't care either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I go ahead and get on my call option for Microsoft um, at mm-hmm. 9.35. And so instead of just staying there and getting in there real quick, um, like a scalping and just being in there for a couple minutes, I go ahead and get off my computer. Because no, no other company that I'm looking at for day trading that day is really doing anything of where I want it. And then I have my alert set up on my phone. So they'll give me an announce if this um, company hits this price or the price I want it to. That's perfect. Mm. But I go ahead. Let's say I step away from the computer or if I'm traveling or on the go or I'm doing something, I'm busy wearing a van. Mm. I, I trade like any time I can. And the setups are there, of course. I'm not just trading blindly. But uh. I go ahead and leave the computer, I leave my phone, close it, go ahead, move on with my life, do my business, and then boom, let's say I come back, I get an alert on my phone, hey, Microsoft just hit a price of $225. That's ridiculous mm-hmm. for a stock, but it can happen. They're just using an extreme example here. So they hit a two, price of $225, I got in, my strike price was, let's say, 205 210 
So I'm already making a nice bit of profit. I bought, let's say, two contracts, depending mm. on what price I bought of that. But there's some other you know, things to calculate the total profit, but I don't feel like doing that. But let's say, yeah. hypothetically, <laughs> I made $5,000. Let's say, hypothetically, I made $5,000 from this trade, and yeah. I'm going ahead and I don't actually sell. So let's, I'm going to do the time, one, two o'clock um, in the afternoon. So it took a couple of hours, but I made like five, ten thousand dollars Mm. Let's say on a small end, let's say $2,000 in a couple of hours. But what did I do? I moved on with my life. I went to school. I did whatever I had to do uh, for the rest of the day. And then I went ahead and sold. So that's the main difference between scalping and day trading. Then you have the more long-term strategies when it comes to options, which are swing trading and position trading. So okay. swing trading is where well, you put your expiration date a couple months out. But the thing is with day trading and scalping, it's typically the same date or the closest um, date you can that's available because you you get to choose it but they give you yo it's basically like a time slot they give you what you can choose they give you the options mm. no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> but with swing, with swing trading you typically put it out a couple of months and then it's mostly of course typically call options and then you just you wait that's it for the most part you wait and then you sell and then same thing with position trading, which is the most longest term strategy you can do. You can put it out on uh, the maximum amount of time you can put an option trade out is about two years. So with position trading, uh, <laughs> it's um, two years. And so with that, for the most part, similar to swing trading, where you just you wait for the most part. Um, uh -huh. you, you wait and if there's any news or if there's any big news that came out, you sell if it's negative or if it's positive, you might sell as well. You typically, will sell. There is another time frame you have to sell. You typically just sell again when you hit target profit. That's very important. What, um, what you want to make mm -hmm. before you even place a trade, before you even look at anything. You see, I break it down like this. So, how much do I want to make for the year? Gotcha. And then I break that down from the year per month. How much I want to make per month, or I need to make to basically if I make a swing trade, if I can still hit that for the year. Mm -hmm. So. Then I break it down per month. Then I break it down per week. Then I break it down per day. If I want to make, uh, let me see. Let's do a quick example. So this, oh, oh yeah, the market's only open uh, for the business week. A business week is not open on the at the whole week, the whole seven days. It's not open on the weekends. Uh -huh. Sadly, we're about to head into. Um, <laughs> so let's say make fifty dollars a day, right? So fifty dollars a day. I'm just scalping. So fifty dollars a day, I make. I trade every day. I go. That's two hundred fifty dollars a week. I make two hundred fifty dollars a week. I turn that two hundred fifty dollars into. That's what. Not the four thousand. Wow. What did I get that? A thousand dollars. I get that. I turn that into a thousand dollars a month. I turn that thousand dollars into a month. If that's if I'm only scalping, I'm just sticking to this one game plan. My first year of trading, I go yeah. ahead just consistently make that fifty dollars. Of course, I lose here and there. I win here and there. Well, I win consistently, but for the most, I will lose. That mm. is inevitable. Nobody's perfect. If you are, everybody would hire you, um, even myself. That's actually what I wanted to ask you, bro. You know, like, what's the most amount of money you ever lost in one trade? And then, like, how do you deal with, uh, how do you deal with personally, like, losing a trade? So, with um, most amount of money in one trade? Yeah. Shoot. It hasn't been that much in one trade. It might have been maybe $10,000, 10000 Okay, and how did you deal with that? Overall, uh, fifty thousand, and then dealing with it. Personally, I don't care. I won't say I don't care. I'm, I'm indifferent when it comes to money. So the thing mm -hmm. is, with the investing and well, not investing, but trading, you have to be unemotional. 
very stoic. You can't be emotional. Like I remember, um, I'm giving an example. I hate to do this to her, but my little sister, um, we, me and her, we were trading. We were trying to train a little simulator because uh, she's a lot. She's about mm. four years younger than me, so we were just getting her into the trading. And this is, um, I think, yes, yeah. this was last year. And so we were on a little trade simulator. And so I was helping her make all the moves, and we were doing paper trading. And she got very emotional. She's like, "Get out! Get out! Come on! Like, don't yeah. let me lose my money!" I'm like, "Dang! You, you wait! You just yeah. got in!" <laughs> yeah. So it was that um, hyper emotional, being very attached to money that um, mm-hmm. doesn't make you a good trader and will make you lose a lot more money actually from making wanting to make so much money. So you have mm-hmm. to be very stoic and very attached to money, be willing to lose because again, you will lose if you feel for of losing in anything, but especially in trading, you're not a trader. Not everyone can be, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, I won't say necessarily the smallest percent. Maybe that's just my own perception. Um, because perception is reality, but yep. you have to be a certain type of individual, not attached or connected to money, where you can be able to trade successfully and make very strategic and calculated moves. Mm. Man, I love it. I love it, man. And you know, a little earlier we mentioned we mentioned for the most part that investing could be for the long term, and then trading could be for short term. You know, for the most part. Yes. So, how would you, you know, if you know, would your advice differ for someone who is beginning to invest? Um, compared to someone who is beginning to trade, would your like advice differ or? Yes, I will say so. Um, of course, you always have those general rules. Uh, in general, you just don't want to be emotional with money. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's not as severe. Well, it can be it depends, but um, yeah. it's, it's most of the time it's not as severe when you're investing or as intense uh, when you're investing from when you're trading, especially if you're doing the shorter terms. But mm-hmm. in general, my advice will be with investing is to consistently do your homework on these companies, how they perform historically, how long they have been around. I don't like investing in new companies. I'll trade them, but I won't invest in them. I won't commit uh-huh. to them. And so um, with investing, I would say do your very deep dive on these companies, the storage on these companies. If you're getting in on a good price, of course, with investing, it's similar to a strike price in this case, where uh, where you wherever you buy it, if it goes below that, you are losing money. Yeah. So um, with investing, just be, uh, I would say, very strategic and methodical. And the thing is, um, also, there's another point I want to make. This goes for the stock market overall. Do not mm-hmm. have FOMO. Okay. This Explain happened, that for us. So this happened from a little, um, I've had to experience a bit myself, even when it comes to cryptocurrency. Everybody talking about that, especially Dogecoin and stuff recently. Yeah. And Ethereum ran out recently. But basically what FOMO is, is the fear of missing out thing is similar to the stock market similar uh, to crypto there's always another company there's always another coin that's going to be out there that's going to be the next big thing I th- mm. i'm going to use the crypto example in this case so if, uh, for the most part most people are talking about bitcoin and ethereum right yeah that's basically like the google and amazon of the cryptocurrency world in a sense it's very where, every, where everybody wants to get in on them but not everybody can afford them that is fine there's always those other in this case, coins, or there's always those other stocks that are either below below Google, like in this case, most most companies, of course, that are below, that are still doing extremely well. And there's always some of those diamonds in the rough that could potentially blow up very big um, mm. in the near or even late future. Because again, we're investing in for the long term and we're trading mostly for the short term, but also for the long term as yeah. well. Because you always want to think um, long term or short term. But there's always another company, there's always another coin, there's always going to be another opportunity when you are dealing with these markets. 
So mm. don't be afraid that you missed out. Like similar to the GameStop thing. Everybody was going crazy over GameStop. Like even everybody, it was all over the news. People that don't follow the stock market knew about GameStop and were trying to get in. And guess what happened? A lot of them lost their money because number one, they wasn't paying attention to the people that were actually running on GameStop, which was mm -hmm. a little Reddit group, um, Wall Street Bets, I believe was the name. Mm -hmm. uh, I followed them a bit on the Reddit thing. And I remember, I forgot, I think it was sometime in, no, I don't think it was that late. It might have been sometime in February. I'll be getting my timeline mixed up sometime. <laughs> you good, you good. Um, well, so what exactly is Reddit exactly? Oh, this is basically like, I'm not on there that much. I was just checking it out for them. Um, but it, I believe Reddit's just like a little community thing. It's like a Discord type thing. Mm. Except instead of chats, it's comments. You just post. It's like, well, I guess it's not Discord. It's like Facebook, I think. I'm not sure. It's something. It's like a mix between the two. Social media but type community. I was from seeing all their comments. Hey, I'm going to sell. Hey, I'm still in. I'm still selling. Yeah. And so really just paying attention to them and knowing when they're going to get out because a lot of people weren't doing that. I would think that would be common sense, but you know what they say, common sense ain't so common. So <laughs> uh, you would want to pay attention to the people right. that are propping up this company <laughs> or a lot of people probably didn't do their homework mm -hmm. either. And so I remember this was in the news, actually, a, a teacher. Um, I don't remember where. I don't know who he was, but he spent his whole life savings investing in GameStop and lost all his life savings from investing in GameStop because they ran up from like $300 and then in a week or so, might even been less amount of time. They fell back like a hundred dollars. Mm. Might even been that day. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was. I seen that, John. I see that, John. But you know, let's chop it up about the investing for you know for our young folks. You know, why do you feel like investing early and often is so important for young people and honestly for everyone? I would say there's no reason to wait, and mm. I would say it can help you get established before you even become an adult. Like with me, I'm gonna I'm already to a multi-millionaire before the age of 18. And so by the time I'm, I do want to go to college, mostly to play football, that's about it, to be honest. So, but by the time that I'm adult, I'm already established, I already know what I'm, doing, what I'm doing, I can stay consistent, I can stay on my purpose, I can continue to help people and actually be able to do more, some of the things that I want on a bigger scale than I can right now. And there's no reason to wait. Like you're, for the most part, most right. people are, or most people my age or my peers are going to school, we're coming home, we might hang out with friends, talk on social media. Most people aren't going outside anymore. I'm happy I always had that chance, and I was doing that um, while we was living in Germany. That was um, a pretty fun experience. But mm. most people aren't going outside anymore. Might play the game all day, might watch Netflix or TV all day, and that's about it. Every day for years. Yeah. And all that same, take that same, same amount of uh, time and put uh, that. Sorry, I apologize about the phone. You good, boss. Um, take that same amount of time and energy and put that into learning how to invest and really educating yourself and because you have a whole bunch of free time. There's no Hold on, let's point. just wait till it stop ringing. Let's just wait till it stop ringing. Sure. You good. All right. All right, let's rock. All right. So you have all this amount of time and just free time on your hands that you're wasting for years or you can be learning how to invest, learn how to start a business, just learning in general. So at least if you don't, for whatever reason, I don't know why you do this, but let's say mm -hmm. um, you're a bit older, so you're like 16 and you're just taking those first two years and you're just learning, just learning, you're implementing, you're practicing business, uh -huh. you're practicing, investing, you're paper trading, getting that experience up. And so by the time you turn 18, you can really begin making those moves by yourself. You have the, the mindset, the education and everything, all the tools you need in order to really get started into the business and investing world. Or if you don't want to become a business owner, you, I would still say you can and should invest. 
You don't have to be a trader, but you can still, I believe everybody should have some type of investment. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the stock market. It can be in real estate. It can be in crypto. You have some type of investment that's making you money on the side or making you passive income. Yes, sir. Got to have, you know, those passive income streams. You know, my mentor always says that, you know, multiple streams of income are great, but multiple streams of passive income is really where it's at. You know, getting money in your sleep. 100 percent. it's a beautiful thing to have <laughs> yes sir yes sir so man i gotta ask you man you know give us you know you know i i, I want to know truth you know where do you see yourself in five years when you're 18 and then in 10 years when you're uh 20 20 24 so well, i see myself in five years so i'll yeah. be yeah about 18 19 i will be in college on um, what college i don't know right now but in college i'm um, playing football Mm. I'm gonna say D1. I'm speaking to assistants. A D1 college, some type of D1 college around the country. Yes, sir. Um, That's what I played too, bro. Safety, safety, and running back. Ah, uh, okay. I don't play running back. Um, I didn't like say I played. I don't played everything. Nah, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, they don't have me on every position from tight end to um. Mm. I don't played on the line. That was it was pretty cool. You didn't uh-huh. have too much responsibility. <laughs> you um, played D line. I was playing D line, O line. Was uh, playing, um, played safety a couple of times, played corner, didn't like some corner. Hated that. Not doing that. Yeah, anymore. yeah, that joint hard. I ain't gonna lie to you. I like safety better. <laughs> yeah, I would take safety over corner any day. But I didn't like uh, safety. Uh, favorite position is running. Well, actually, favorite position is being a defensive end. But I'm most likely gonna be end up on um, um, linebacker. Mm. So I've been playing linebacker um, majority of the time. But they didn't have me everywhere from running back, fullback, wide receiver. Uh, only positions I haven't played were center and quarterback, and they almost put me at center. And mm. I was good at it. I hated it. <laughs> I didn't want to be put at center. Man, I feel that. I feel that. But what about at uh, 24, 23, you know, your, your Jordan and Kobe years, man? So, 24, um, I'm being in the NFL. Um, mm. I should be my, what, no, thir- second, second, third year? Second year, I believe. Yeah, second year. Second year of the NFL. Um, at that time, mm. of course, I'm only going to be playing, uh, focusing on football. But I also want to take one year. I don't know when I'm going to do this, but I want to take one year, at least one summer, where I just go ahead and travel the world. Because I know I've traveled to a lot of places, uh-huh. but there's still so many places to see. Because I love learning about different cultures, different histories, and learning everybody else's story because there's so much to learn in well this world and not being confined to just the u.s or just to one country so i want to take mm-hmm. one year or at least one summer where i just travel a whole bunch and for the most part we'll be working and investing into a whole a lot of real estate what type of real estate i'm not sure specifically what yet um right now it'll most likely be buying land and residential mm-hmm. real estate so yeah. um, buying properties um i don't know if i will be flipping them probably just be owning them and turning them airbnbs and things like that if that's still a thing around mm-hmm. that time which i believe it most likely will be facts i agree but um yeah really just think, focus on real estate football mm-hmm. and whatever else i'm doing at the time one of my long-term goals is to build my own town or build my own community that's lit. basically build a, a new black wall street except i'm not about to tell the location of where it is i'm just it's gonna be a hidden thing it's there you'll know it's there uh. if you live there but other than that, it's not going to be too out there because you know what happens when that happens. Yeah, yeah, we ain't finna have one of them 1920 Tulsa, uh, Tulsa Wall Street maskers no more. Not, not doing that again. Bad. Gonna be armed and dangerous though. Hey, 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 facts. <laughs> <laughs> so I got one more question for you, boss man. You know, I, I, I want to know, man. I'm gonna read you two quotes, and I need you to tell me which one is more accurate in your opinion. You ready? Gotcha. 
Yes, sir. All right. So my first question is, money can't buy happiness. And the second quote is, more money, more problems. Which one is more accurate in your opinion? Money can't buy happiness. Why is that? I would say because directly it cannot buy happiness. However, I will say this. It can buy you things that can make you happy. Uh-huh. But that's only temporarily. You have to be truly happy with yourself and truly content with yourself in order to be truly happy. Like me, I'm always, I'm consistently happy. Now, of course, you always have those times where you may be a bit sad or a bit down. So you're a little, not as happy as you typically are. But yeah. it cannot direct, getting money just won't make you happy. It will not. Money is just a tool in order to, for freedom. It's not a tool for happiness. You have to find happiness within yourself. And so I would mm. say to the second quote, uh, more money, more problems. That just depends on how you manage your money, the people yeah. around you. So that, I would say that more so has to go with your circle and the people around you than anything. I agree 100 percent, bro. 100 percent. And, you know, back to that real estate, bro, I've actually been thinking about like owning things like, you know, parking lots, you know, parking garages and different things like that. Because I feel like those things are always going to be needed. You know what I mean? Actually, I didn't even think about the um, parking garage. That's very lucrative, especially if you get um, some type of contract. Uh, with mm. a very popular building that has a lot of people coming to it or like an apartment building yeah. or something like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We're going to do some big things in this world for sure, bro. For 100%. sure. But I, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for joining us on FY Fly the Podcast. Please Thank let the audience me. know where to reach you. Any final words? Go ahead, boss. Sure. So you can go ahead and find me on Instagram at the Truth 2024. Same thing on Twitter at the Truth 2024. And if you want to learn how to invest and trade successfully and maximize your profit and your portfolio, go ahead and go to my website, thetruthjones.com, and sign up for one of my programs. I'm telling you, we got you. We're a great community, and we're going to help you maximize your portfolio and turn it into maximum profit. Also, I will say to everybody that might be listening that's under the age of 18, so all of my peers out there, go ahead and take action now. Begin learning, invest in yourself, and be willing to put in the work and take action because I'm telling you, it will pay off. It might not seem like it. It might be tedious. It might suck at times, but the journey mm-hmm. is much better than the result. This is something I've personally experienced when I hit my first $100,000 in profit. I was like, dang, I hit $100,000. Now it's time for a million. Like yeah. you, you hit it and then it feel good for a minute, but then it's time to move on. So really mm. be uh, willing to enjoy the journey, put in the work, and I'm telling you, the results will be there. The fruit will bear. Big facts, big facts, because that's consistency is key, man. 100%. And everybody listen, I need y'all to go show this young king some love. Like I said a little earlier in in the show. Man, we need to treat him as we're treating the 13-year-old LeBron James as the 13-year-old Kobe's because he is that, he is him, and he is the truth. Thank you all for listening to FY Fly, the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week for more financial literacy insights with our special guests. Please visit our website, social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at FYI Fly Podcast. That's FYI FLI Podcast. See y'all next week and stay fly. But don't y'all go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned as each week here on FYI Fly, we like to give an independent artist a place to shine and gain some exposure. And this week we have Tell Me by Two Times. Let's go. Tell me what it is, ain't a thing in this world I won't do, you just can't seem to hold me up You tell me that my words seem to hurt I put my heart in every verse Spread it out, I don't go blind, looking for love I'm thinking about us
hustle. You gon' play me like a fool, for me ain't on my level. I done bossed up on these niggas, now they bitches wanna wrestle. 